so we're recording right now. Well, all right. Okay. So um, I'm Brad Teague. You have already messed up the podcast. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I'm not Brad Teague. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Derek Harris. Hi, this is Brad Teague. Um, this is and may be becoming a podcast that we maintain for a while. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, we'll see. It may even change names. It's an idea. But right now, um, we're playing off the idea of us getting together, drinking bourbon, talking about bourbon, and then talking about whatever the hell else we want to, which Agreed. could be whatever, right? It, it could be and stories. It, and if you know us, it's it could history. be some very strange It could be things. history of bourbon. It could be history in general. It could be what I had for lunch and a story about it or a story about anything. So, um, but let's introduce us a little bit. So I'm Brad and um, I have a family and I have boys that are teenage boys and they give me heartache and heartburn. They're a good reason to drink bourbon. Um, <laughs> and uh, I married my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 20,000 years. Um, seems like a long time. Yeah, it's like 28 years right now. It's a long time. She's so like really old too. So. She is uh, as old as I am. That we're gonna leave it at that. The, um, but and then so yeah. So here's the interesting. The interesting thing is for us, for Derek and I, and I'll let Derek introduce himself fully. But while well, I let Derek introduce himself, then we'll tell another story. Hi, I'm Derek, and. Uh, yeah, I uh, like bourbon and uh, everything about bourbon. It's delicious. I, uh, I'm i married. I've been married for almost 20 years. I've got a little daughter. She's nine. And having a girl uh, is another reason to drink lots of bourbon because it's, there's, a whole, there's, a, there's a whole other stress level with, with having a girl. It's, it's kind of crazy. Only to get worse before it gets better. Gosh, she's only nine, too. I mean, yeah, it's teenagers are coming. Teenage years are coming, which is certainly coming really down the road, I'm sure. going to be interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've. So the interesting. You want to talk about the interesting part about. Yeah, about sure. Us? So we're neighbors. We're neighbors. We, we're neighbors. we live next door to one another. Um, the funny, literally next door. Literally we walk like, back and forth. Yes, next door. Um, but the story behind this is that Derek and I and my wife all grew up together in a small town up in Kentucky. So Derek and I are Kentucky boys. Born and bred. Another reason we love bourbon. Because Another reason we born love bourbon. Kentucky. We love Kentucky. Love bourbon. We don't live in bourbon. We don't live in Bourbon County now. We don't live in Bourbon Land now. We live in Tennessee. Wah, wah. But we've been here twenty years, roughly. Um, yeah, this year I think it's been twenty years from when I moved down here, and yeah. then about the same. So, yeah. um, so but two hours, a little over two hours away. We grew up in Kentucky, and then um, right about the time we were getting. Settled into Nashville. We live just outside of Nashville now, but we were settling into Nashville area. And then Derek had just gotten married and moved into an apartment complex. And my wife and I, who again, Derek and I, we, were, we all went to we we grew, we grew yeah. up together. Went to different colleges. Yeah, different colleges, different places. But but different Derek states. and I have, Derek and I have known each other since middle school. Like yeah. I've known Derek eighth since grade. middle school, eighth grade. Yeah, and so we were really all and Anita and Derek and I. My wife's name is Anita. We were all best friends. In high school, we were really close friends. We had a large circle of friends that were all very close. Um, another trivia fact we haven't even thrown in yet is Derek is a twin. Oh, I have an identical twin. He has an identical twin. I am better looking, but <laughs> only slightly. Um, but, yeah, so we were together, all really good friends in high school. And here we go. Uh, years years later, right, high school goes, college goes, masters go, um, and, and classes happen and things go. And, and then we move and land in Nashville around the same time. And it turns out. 
that Derek and I and uh, our wives, respectively, um, landed in the same apartment complex. We could throw a rock from our balcony to hit his balcony. I walked outside of my balcony <laughs> one day, and I was looking outside, and I saw his wife, who was my best friend in high school. And I said, uh, Anita, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Do you live here? And yeah. so we reconnected, yeah. uh, ended up moving to the same town. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's right. So like about so we were, nine, we, 10 months, 12 months later, we ended up landing in the same community. Same, same town. Yeah, same community. We were, we were, you know, we, and so we reconnected, you know, we would do dinners together. We played board games together. We'd always hang out at each other's houses, houses when, you know, I was there when his, when his kids were born, yeah. he was there when my kid was born. We were just, you it's know, been just, a, a live shared. Yeah, yeah. And then, so about we moved five years we, ago. Yeah, yeah. So they so moved. we moved into a new neighborhood about twelve years ago this year. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and so Derek and, Derek and his wife liked our neighborhood. We did, but you know they they weren't looking to buy or move, and so they didn't do that. And then years and go by. Years go by. We my daughter's about ready to go to, to, to kindergarten, and the school district out here was, was a really nice school we wanted to be in this area and so I started looking again and I saw a listing for a house that was for sale on Brad Street and so I called him and said hey I see this house for sale it's on your street where's it where is it he said it's next door I was like no shut yeah. up it's not next door it's literally, it was, next, it's door. literally next door so we our neighbors are going through a divorce their house is for sale <laughs> so we <laughs> their, went their, their misfortune is your game right so we went and looked at it just thinking okay well we'll check this place out yeah. and Turns out we loved the house. We made an offer. We bought the house. We moved in next door to our best friends. Very and so it's been a crazy ride ever since. So it's been five years of good times. Uh, yeah. back, back porch sipping bourbons. Um, Speaking of sipping bourbon. Ball games, board games, hangout times, and lots of fun, good stuff. So, all right, so that's us. That's, that's yep. what's going on. Uh, it's a long intro, but at least people maybe get to know us and you understand a little bit of our background and why we want to do this thing together and why we want to be – because we can literally walk back and forth between each other's house and sip some bourbon. Um, and so let's, let's talk about bourbon. Let's talk about bourbon for a minute. So Derek and I got into bourbon. Derek, a little younger than I. I was – I was <laughs> – <laughs> I started – yeah, I started drinking bourbon. Well – Younger than you but, should have, probably. So, yeah, I started drinking bourbon <laughs> – a long, long time ago. I didn't start appreciating bourbon. Yeah. You had had bourbon. I, I, I had bought, I bought cheap whiskey yes. and drank it to, to right. excess Certainly. until I passed out. Th- that was my introduction to bourbon. Yeah, that's, that's uh, high school. I mean, college. College. College only people. College only. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> let's keep this legal. Uh, but yeah, so when I moved in, I, I, I enjoyed bourbon and, and Brad and I both started drinking it and we just kind of started taking this whole bourbon journey yeah. and jumping and into the world that is, that is Brown, Kentucky, Brown, water. Kentucky, Kentucky, Brown, sweet Brown, Kentucky water. water. Yeah. That's, so, which mm. it was kind of cool cause we both had this heritage with Kentucky we grew up there. Yep. Um, and because of that, we, we both were interested in, we liked the idea of bourbons. Yes. And, um, and, and Derek liked the taste a little more than I did at the time. Um, I, I just background story for me is I, I was not a kid who drank, was not a, a college kid who drank. I wasn't an adult who drank. I didn't start having, I probably didn't have drinks until my thirties maybe. Yeah, um, probably yeah right around 30, yeah. 31, 32, probably before I even had a drink of any kind that I really cared about. And then I got into some kind of cocktail mixing. I played around a lot. Um, basically I would have a drink if it had sugar in it. That's pretty much yeah. the net effect. And he, he um, liked what we would call the girly drinks. Yeah. Well, it's, it's whatever. Fine. Or well mixed, well, well proportioned. <laughs> Well thought out drinks of character, so I did that for years, and um, and yeah, so I had to kind of find a palate. Eventually, kind of get a palate, and uh, I went through a rough few years with related to work, 
where those cocktails became more and more frequent together. Um, and um, I found out suddenly that I, I could drink drinks that maybe didn't have sugar in them. <laughs> yeah. So um, about that same time, bourbon was in this giant you know renaissance period. It's blowing up. It's going on. And we thought, well, that's, that's cool. I mean, I, I'd like to, I would like to like bourbon. And I would like to like it in a way that I could drink it just naturally the way it was intended. Um, neat. Yeah. And, and enjoy it and, and experience it. And granted, not all bourbons you want to drink neat. Maybe some with an ice or two or whatever. Depends on how heavy it is. Water, yeah, a little drop water. of water, a little ice. So Derek and I, um, we thought, so we just started experimenting, playing around and trying different bourbons, reading about all the stuff, subscribing to bourbon things and doing this. And then uh, I think what really kicked it off for us is we went, on, we went on a bourbon trail weekend with our wives. And yes. I think that really kicked, kicked it into high gear. We, we were experimenting already a little. Yes. But that definitely was sort of the like bourbon, a, the, the bourbon trail point. trip was really an eye-opening experience. Yeah. It, seeing some of the history behind it, too. I mean, I'm a, I'm a history buff anyway. And I just like like the idea of, of, of you know, seeing where things come from and and how things are made. Right. Because, I mean, I, I like to make stuff. and You know, that's part of the things that make me tick. But, but just that whole trip was a very – it was a fulfilling trip. It was fun. Got to see a lot of stuff, and we got to drink a lot of bourbon. Yeah, we drank, we drank a lot of bourbon. We um, – um, enjoyed ourselves a lot. And, uh, but more than that, I think it certainly, I think some of the most fun things we did were getting behind the scenes. Yep. Um, I, if you haven't done a bourbon tour, do it. I mean, it's fun, especially if you have, have, have a love of bourbon or, or whiskeys in general, it doesn't have to be bourbon. If you like scotch and you come to over here and you're around here and you are around Kentucky, take a chance to go hit the bourbon draw. It's fantastic. Um, we did the Bardstown, um, Lexington side. We're still waiting to go do a, Le- a Louisville side trip. There's a bunch yeah. of you know Angel's Envy and uh, Michter's. Michter's. And there's, a, there's a lot of other Old Forster. There's, there's a lot that we'd like to do on the Louisville side too that we haven't done, and we will. But um, we certainly did had a really great time and saw behind the scenes and, and some of the mo- just if you haven't been in Kentucky, some of the prettiest scenery. I mean, just oh, absolutely gorgeous settings. You've got rolling fields and green farms and pastures and. Yeah, I lived in Lexington for two years, and it was. Uh, just the, the the rolling horse country. It's just it's gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah, it, it's um. I, they call it the bluegrass state for a reason. It's yeah, it's, for sure. And I know what every time it's funny how living there so long. You know, I lived there half my life, and so when I go back now, it's funny. It just seems like home. But I do occasionally take a little stock, especially when you get sort of more the middle and eastern part of the state. The west is a little different, but the eastern part of the state, you get these giant rolling pastures and fields and. And when you do get in a horse country, it gets really just absolutely stunning. So, um, so anyway, enough said. But the um, the Bourbon Trail was definitely the kicking point for what we wanted to do. So, again, a lot of history today. We're about ten minutes in. It's time to have a pour. So, uh, we may <clears throat> decide to continue to call this. If you're listening to this, some past long past when we've changed our minds, know that this is how it started. But um, at first glance, we're deciding to call this podcast potentially two pours. Because there's two of us, and we want to have a pour, a pour. Yeah. and we want to talk about it. So, this, this obviously, this first one, um, if anyone ever gets to listen to this, is certainly less polished than we hopefully it will be later. Um, it's not going to be a scripted podcast. We are just going to talk right. about and stuff and tell stories. But we do want to have a scripted format around maybe the process of how we test and taste bourbons and kind of talk yep. about them, Definitely. create a language that makes it a little easier to discuss. Um, and really, this is the Everman's Bourbon podcast the intention is that we are not polished connoisseurs no. of bourbon we are absolutely still we have a we have enough pours between us and enough samples between us to certainly have a, have an idea more of what we're talking about today than we did before and more than anything what we have noticed and what we've been excited about especially lately 
is that when we do have a pour, we've noticed that our palate has matured. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we from today versus when we first started drinking bourbon, and, and we've gone and we've even said it, we've gone back and had some of the same pours. Yeah, for sure. And completely different experience because we can taste some of the nuances in, in the bourbon and just our, our palates are defining yeah. and are getting better, but we've still got a long way to go. And yeah, and we, and we both have, and so what's funny is, you know, you don't, you're always curious if it happens organically or it just happens by happenstance because of proximity. I don't know, but we tended to have very similar bourbon profile taste yes. too. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we are getting out of a little bit. We, we've kind of broken away from that a little. Uh, we still have some sweet spot favorites. Um, we definitely do like some of the more caramelly, deep, mm. rich, vanilla, yes. uh, long lasting, long in the palate kind of bourbons. Um, you know, yes. definitely some of the ones yep. that are our favorites that kind of fall in that wheelhouse from our flavor profile. But, you know, as re- and both of us, neither one of us really liked rise much um, yeah. in the beginning. We didn't care much for them. But in the last six months, even, it's kind of funny how your palate's changed a little bit. And I don't know if I it's know. just exposure. We've tried so many more things than we did, you know, early. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, we found a few that we like. And then yeah. here lately, I've, I've, I've probably got a handful of rise on my shelf right now that... I really do like, and yeah. I, I did not expect to like them as much as I would. Um, yeah. well, shout out to Whistle Pig that we tried the at the end of the year last year. Amazing. It was an Amburana cask finish. A 12 year. It was really Colloquially real. called Christmas in a Bottle Christmas in for a, a good reason. Oh. Um, and we, I don't know when we finished it. We finished it somewhere around Christmas time, maybe. I don't know. We, we definitely had it. New Year's, we had the, the Basil, Hayden, Basil Hayden Dark Rye. We had Basil Hayden Dark Rye over Christmas. Was that was fantastic. Fantastic. Lately, we uh, we cracked open a bottle of... Uh, the High West Rye. It was so, really good. So, yeah. So, lots of pours to talk about. Um, and, and really, that's kind of the, the nature of the show is we want to talk about um, bourbon. Right. And... and Whatever else this thing morphs into. It's Stories, good, good times, it's good gonna fun. Be, it's going to be fun. It'll, It'll be, be fun. fun ride. But um, we're going to take pours. So uh, we will try to drink, but not. we'll try to be good about the whole ASMR thing and not drink directly on camera like or on mic. Um, so maybe sip off mic just a little and lean in. Lean out, lean in. But um, we're going to share what we think. Well, and, and again, this is we're not professionals. We definitely are not. We have uh, never done a podcast before. We've, we are not professional. I'm a professional in other things. Right. I'm... <laughs> I'm a professional in my career. I'm a professional time waster. Yes, I'm um, a professional, professional um, rabbit wrangler. Um, no, I haven't done that. Um, there's lots of things. I, I like to wrestle horses yeah. sometimes, <laughs> but usually tickle, tickle horses is what you said. Yeah. Um, depends on what mood I'm in. Depends on what mood they're in. Right? Question mark. So I certainly. Anyway, back to the bourbon. We're gonna take a sip. So tonight's sip is Derek. Uh. A good old Kentucky legend, a favorite. Yeah, a favorite a, for us. It's it's one of our favorites, actually. We keep coming back to it. It's it, it's just it gets better and better. It's just it's a Woodford Double Oak. A little Woodford Double Oak, yeah. And so um, nothing special. It's not a bottle pick. Not a store select. No, no it's um, just uh, a standard. I ran through and picked up a Woodford Double Oak, and um, I have a hard time keeping it on my shelf because it is absolutely, for some reason, it's one. Of my, I keep coming back to it. It's one of my favorites. Flavor profile is uh, really in our wheelhouse. Yeah, it's really good. Although I, well, let's drink it and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Mm. 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 Oh. oh man! It's oh got, yeah, it's got such a good mouthfeel. What's the f- What's the first note? Mm. 
So I'm gonna, gonna while Derek's taking another pour, I'm gonna talk to you for a second. So I my story behind Woodford Double Oak comes as a we had probably tried, including Woodford. I'd had Woodford before for sure, and yeah. and liked it. I didn't. I, I definitely yeah. thought even Woodford, just standard Woodford, is fantastic. But we had seen Double Oak on the shelf. And for some reason, in my head, I just had, I was like, oh, what a gimmicky thing. Like, I don't know. Like, whatever. Well, it can't be that much different. It can't be that much different. And it's, what's this whole gimmicky thing? Like, I just get tired of, because it was at a, it came out at a time that every, every single distillery was putting out just one after the other of just different, different styles of things. And I'm like, I'm not getting bought into the hype. There's so many other things. I mean, there's so much stuff happening right now in bourbon. Every single bottle can't be that unique or different. I just can't be that different. So... This bottle, I think we had been drinking on and off pours and testing and sampling for almost a year. Yeah. I mean, pro- probably. I remember where I had my first pour double oak. It was, I had gotten, we both had kind of gotten a bad habit of sampling by buying full bottles. Not a great way to get into the industry or the hobby. Um, <laughs> unless you're always sharing with people, suddenly what happens is you got a cabinet full of bottles that you may or may not like. In my case, probably half of those I liked and half I was like, eh. So it's not a good financial decision. Anyways. Yeah, right. After about $2,000 worth of spend in our first year, uh, decided maybe we should find a little bit better path, which is, hey, there's a reason why bars have samples uh, that you can take a pour, take a one-ounce pour or something, and, and try it out. So I was out to eat um, uh, with some family and friends, and we went to a little place called uh, Little Puckets downtown mm-hmm. in Nashville, the one in downtown Nashville, not the one down in Franklin. And if you've ever been to Nashville, Puckets is a fun place. It's, it's got great food. Um, we got very long lines. Expect to wait in line if you ever get down to Nashville and go to Puckets. But it is a good place. And we were there eating lunch, and they had live music going on. And I, th- I mean, eating dinner, and we had live music going on. And I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to try that word for I saw it on the menu, and I was like, I'm going to give me a pour of Double Oaked. And immediately, the first sip, I was like, oh, why uh, did we wait? Yes. Why did I hold out on this pour? Why did I find... And it's funny how we do that. There's other pours out there too that I've done that too. Is like I'm not trying that. Man, uh, Whistle Pig is the same thing. I would not. I just did not want to try Whistle Pig because I was so. I just didn't like the idea of it for some reason. It just bothered me. I didn't. I just felt like the whole story behind it. And we can get into history and story some other time because I don't have more research in front of me. But the story behind it alone bothered me at the mm-hmm. time. Yep. And the same thing. We finally tried one and yeah. I liked it. But again, back to double O. So first notes. Oh, man. What are you getting? I'm getting caramel. Mm. Well, the very, very first note, as soon as it hits my palate, I, I get the oak. Right on, right off the beginning. And then it just melts into some, like, caramel toffee goodness. What about you? So I, I it's funny, when the, in the beginning, I think I always caught caramel in this one. I still do. But for me, so the, no, the nose starts out for me, um... It almost kind of starts out as like a, it's got a, I can definitely smell the oak in there in the beginning, yep. but I get this like candied plum almost kind of mm. on the, on the nose. I get really? this like kind of this, this sweet sort of almost a whiny, like a, like a whiny chocolate raisin or yeah. something. I don't catch it in the nose. And then actually I probably catch more of like a chocolate raisin, like a whiny chocolate raisin on the nose. And then, but. And then that transfers, that, that same fruit that I'm, t- I'm smelling on the nose transfers for me in my first sip. Almost every single time, it tastes it tastes almost like a candied fruit, like a candied plum or something. I get it in this nose. And then it has this sort of almost, it's almost like it's wrapped in in like a, 
like a red cab or something. It's got this like whiny sort of wrapping yeah. around it for me for some reason. At least that's the way I think of it. Hmm. So, but I love the mouthfeel on it. The mouthfeel's amazing. Um, it's got good legs. It's got really good legs. And uh, it's got the legs of a dancer. <laughs> it's got, it's got the legs of a thoroughbred. Oh yeah. Um, the color is amazing too. It's really dark and rich. Yeah, that doesn't come through in the podcast, but I know. But um, you know, <laughs> maybe one day we'll have video and cameras and pictures and stuff. But today, um, yeah, and it's it's got it's such a deep, deep like amber. It, it's so it it is absolutely what, one of those pours that you look when you look at it in a glass. You say, oh, that's bourbon. Yeah, uh, it's, I it's, don't. You don't mistake it for scotch. There's no the, way. There's it's the quintessential. It's the quintessential bourbon look. Like, look, the yeah. visuals that you get. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And amazingly, the flavor matches that. I mean, I've seen other things that look really good, but just does, doesn't hold up flavor-wise. This is yeah. just, oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I, um, and it's funny how some sit and you'll catch a little, you'll you'll catch f- flavors as they sit. And this is, you know, for those who are listening that maybe be new to bourbon, um, there's it, a little bit of hyperbole in the in the in the conversations and the threads about this whole topic. Um, people go back and forth about it's truth or not truth or whatever but um you know anecdotally for sure i can tell you for me at least and uh, derek and i both witnessed this is that sometimes a pour or a bottle will taste a little different if it's been open yeah. and 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 yeah. the, in a glass I, i've had pours that get a little oxygen you know coming up on them and, and breathing with them a little bit and they breathe in the glass and then suddenly they taste just a tiny bit different maybe um and and also, so there is a realistic side to that too, though. So there's another side of that too that we don't always talk about, um, is that as you're drinking, the the re- the what's left of the pour that's in the glass, especially if the glass sits for a little while, you've been talking, you're hanging out, you're not you're not sipping every second, right? You know, you're letting, if you're if you're savoring and enjoying a good pour, you let it sit there. Well, the 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 oils and tannins on the side of the glass, on the inside side of the glass, those are starting to dry out. And as those dry out, they absolutely do. Um, they they are, they're allowing themselves to oxidize more quickly. They're oxidizing pretty quickly because they're drying out. They're right there on the side of the glass. I don't have much to them. And then very frequently, when when you do, it's kind of when the when the last drop is gone, and you're you know you're crying over you've finished your weller yeah. that you haven't had any more of. Um, you can sit and just sniff that glass. Oh, and I it smells fantastic. It's one of the. It's I love sniffing a glass that's been emptied, and I love the pour. Like if it's and oh yeah. It's, and so that same premise plays true in that that is if you let it sit for a while and it starts to dry out some of the glass, that same kind of stuff is also impregnating each pour you take after that, each sip you take after that. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of getting so you kind of change the flavor profile just a little bit. Yeah, it changes as it, as it, as you sit there and drink it. If you don't, you know, drink a pour fast, it just it, it's cool because you can you can sit there and it's almost almost like it tells a story. Like yeah, it just changes, and, yeah. and and the ending is different than the beginning, and it's just it's just a really cool experience. Uh, I remember we, when the time that we had our only pour of Pappy, mm. we sat there after we finished. We won't we won't get into Pappy right now at all, but but just the fact that we we've we've maybe tried one day we can have that pour on Mike that would uh, be fantastic. Yeah, maybe unicorns will fly to my ass too, but <laughs> um, but we we paid for some Pappy and it was. Uh, some really good pour. Yeah. Um, but 
sniffing the glass after we sat there for probably 20 minutes oh, with easily. with the glass and yeah. just just nosed it because it yeah savoring the full experience savoring the full experience yeah. and it was just the nose on that was almost as good as the pour yeah i oh, mean yeah. the experience of it right yeah, it almost carries. It almost carries the experience. Well, one it allows you to extend the experience, which is always <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We're like <laughs> by itself. I don't, I don't pretty helpful. I, I don't want this to go away. <laughs> please don't take this glass away that I paid seventy five dollars for. Whatever it was, I don't right. even know now, but it's yeah. a lot. Um, but the whole point is that it, it absolutely brings the the full message to a close. Right. The, the, enjoying the entirety of the glass brings the full message to the close. Which I think is is uh, you know a good way to savor every bit yeah. of every drop. Um, so yeah, so I, uh, what story you got, Derek? I've got a lot of stories, but, um, some of them are appropriate right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So when we, early on, after we, you'd had your first double oak pour, so our families, we board game a lot together and sometimes we play, you know, legacy games, which take over many sessions. Yeah. And I remember my the, the story that I have for Double Oak was when we bought the bottle of Double Oak. <laughs> I bought the bottle of Double Oak, and we were playing a board game, and Brad and I drank almost the entire bottle. Almost, yeah, in one sitting. In one sitting. It was a long sitting. It was a, it was a long no, sitting. It was like a two-hour, three-hour board game. Uh, it got longer the more we drank. Right. Our because, decisions were slower. Right. But they were funnier. But it, <laughs> but it was just so good. And, and, and we kept commenting. We're like, man, this is so good. Yeah. This is exactly what I thought bourbon should be. Yeah, that's right. And we're yeah, like, just sure. kept drinking. Of course, also, the more bourbon you drink, the better bourbon gets. And yeah. That has a lot to do In with... In a single session, you mean? Yes. Okay. That, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has a lot to do with the alcohol. There is a breaking point. We There's have found breaking. that right. a couple times, but yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it just was really good. I mean, we really liked it. Yeah. So I, I certainly... Um, so that's Double Oak. And... Again, like I said, we'll find the format. Eventually, we'll find the format. We'll, we'll work our way into it. We'll, we'll get there. Saddle in as well. Please as don't we judge can. us off this first podcast. Yeah, the uh, jump straight to the number two. If this is the first time you've ever listened to any of it. So um, that's right. Fast forward. <laughs> Hit skip. Whatever. Um, I'm yeah, not sure go, how. Go to the next one. Yeah, podcast. Push work. push sideways. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that how they work? Um, we are, uh, you know, we, we're not young chickens anymore. Um, hey, spring 40 is the new 20. 40 is the new 20. Man, if I was 40, I could be yeah. happy with that. However, if I was I'm still little, 40, I'd say that I'm closer to 45 than I'm 40. Yeah. But anyway, no, four, that's four, 43. It's not relevant to my palate. I'm just saying, maybe it is, though. I don't know. My well, palate has changed. I, I find w- a lot of things change with age. Y- yeah, sagging. Um, one a little, <laughs> bit, little bit when. <laughs> This water's mighty cold. Anyway, okay, uh, yeah, it's not yeah. that kind of podcast. We'll, anyway. We'll splash them down. Although I will warn anyone listening to this that this podcast will morph and change over time, but Derek and I do not have clean stories uh, most uh, of the time. Sometimes, no. yes, but not always. And we definitely don't have clean jokes. So and This should definitely be, you know. This is not a podcast you share with your children in the no, car. No. Not going to be that. This is mature. Def- well, well, we're drinking liquor. The, 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 the content the, podca- the content's mature. We're not. <laughs> well, <laughs> true, true enough. True story. So, I forgot what was going on that. Which that's going to happen too. I, we're, we're scattered. There was a great moment I had. Um, yeah, I lost it because I was drinking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm gone already, man. We're, we're already off the rails. So, anyway, there was a there was a great pour um, 
the last time we <laughs> we went to have a bar. It's so funny when you go to a bar and you're gonna have a pour together, and you're like, "What should we get?" So the last time we went to a bar, we had another fun, we had another fun one. Um, the Derek had had before, but I hadn't had, and it was one of those deals where I was greatly surprised. This is why you go sample in bars. FYI, if you're getting yes. new to bourbon, you're coming into the realm. Go sample it. You're, you look at the price, and you're like, I could go buy a bottle for the $18 they're going to charge me for this pour. I'm just going to encourage you now. This isn't a hobby for people who are trying to live on a budget, first off. And second off, nope. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy a good pour when you get one, but right. and certainly can learn more about how to enjoy the pour. But absolutely, um, you know, the, the, the practice of buying bottles as your, as your samples is not a good plan. No. So we were out with um, our wives for a dinner um, a month or two ago. I don't know. Anyways, not that long ago. And I had never, yeah, I never had Booker. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I never, that's right. I never I had, had Booker. Booker but I hadn't had Booker since one of my fraternity brothers' wedding. So, it's a long so time. it was a long time. Yeah. So obviously, completely different experience. And, and Booker by itself, again, we'll talk about history and get more into bottles and history of, of distilleries and things as we walk through this podcast and. and Try to be a little more planned. This was really just more of a recording test, if anything, to be to yeah. be truthful. We, but we had we to start just, the podcast. We just somehow. got the equipment. We're just trying to make sure this yeah. stuff works. But we had to start the podcast somehow, and that's this right. is a good way. That's right. One of our favorite, you know, all-time go-to shelf pours, which is Woodford Double Oaked, and a chance to sit and talk about bourbon. But I had a Booker. I had never had it, and so we um, we both took the pour at the bar while waiting for our tables, and quickly recognized, oh, this is good. It was very good. It's been a long time very, for Derek because he had it, and I'd never had it, and I was like. Why did I wait so long to have this? It's on the shelf. I find it all the time. Yeah. Of the things that are shelf ghosts, Booker is usually not one of them. It's not now. It, it, there was a time where it was almost always a shelf ghost, and it was like this, did you see the head Booker? But now, yeah, it yeah. has a season, but you do find it. And you might not find every single one they come out with in a year. And that's, But that's right. also sort of the nature and the exciting thing about Booker when you do get um, to try it is that they, they do make their own different badges every year. So every batch isn't exactly the same. And frequently, they do taste a little different. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I know for the 2019 grouping, um, I, I have a bottle. I bought a bottle recently. Um, I think I bought the Beaten Biscuits version. Is that, is that right? I'll have to look it up. Well, we I, don't will, think, I don't think it was. I think you were trying to get the Beaten Biscuits and they, they didn't have it. And it was the other no, one. I think it's trying to buy Country Ham. And they didn't have that one. Oh, then, then I'm wrong. I think it's Beaten Biscuits. It was good, whatever it was. We're going to try it. We will definitely try it. It'll be another one. Again, That we have a cabinet full of pours now. We probably um, have what? I don't know. We have at least, at least 40 podcasts. 40. <laughs> at least 40 bottles of bourbon. Yeah, that's a small that's, number. That's a small that's number. That's not even right. But I'm just saying at least. We absolutely have. If I've we got, did a podcast wait, a week. Wait, talk, talk, I think I counted We have enough bottles. to cover a year is what I'm saying right now at this point. Yeah, I think I had. Uh, <laughs> Which last, is pretty awful to a certain degree. I've bottle killed a couple of bottles, but somebody was. who? Oh, it was the AFC Championship game. And mm-hmm. we had some people over and mm-hmm. I. Sampled some bourbon to some friends that were over, and I think I counted. I had twenty-two bottles, and I don't have the cabinet that you have. There are seven bottles on top of my fridge. I know, I see those that I don't even have room to put in another place in my cabinet. So one of my two cabinets. What, one now, granted, one cabinet is not just. I have one cabinet of brown liquor. It does have a, like three bottles of rum in it. It's a brown liquor cabinet. Right. We don't discriminate. They're sort good. Of. They're well, we do. We do, a but lot, they're good. Actually. I mean. Lafroig. We generally discriminate mostly toward bourbons um, by staying in that wheelhouse. However, I do like a good rum. Um, it's not my, my go to all the time, but I do. When I'm in the mood for it, I really like a good one, and I yeah. want a good one. And we've tried some good ones here lately. Um, I have one that I haven't opened, 
Uh, the was it Pilar? The no, that was fantastic. No, I'm just saying. No, I have the uh, the Foursquare or Emperor. I I have to go look it up honestly. Pilar is really really good. That it's, Papa's Pilar is it's stupid good. It's bourbon barrel finish. We might do a sample of that one because it, it has a bourbon theme, so it's perfect. perfect. It's still bourbon ish. Um, we don't have to give our we. I can almost recite my flavor profile, but I want to. We'll do it. On, we'll do it next time we sample. We'll sample at some point. Yeah, it may be a Christmas pour. It's it's rum around the holidays. It'll be good for Thanksgiving. It's good anytime. It could be a summer. It's. <laughs> I mean, spring. To maybe. be fair, I don't need an excuse to have a pour. No. So, um, I was hoping I have a really good story for this time to get us kick it off, but. We're 30 minutes in. We killed yeah. 30 minutes. Um, I'm going to have to kill this poor. Yeah. I'm certainly not You're definitely you're there. You, you've talked more than me, you know, because mine's almost gone. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I have my priorities straight. My priorities is bourbon. Certainly. Derek yeah. was sipping while I was talking. But, hey, it's two pours. It's two pours. I have a pour. You have a pour. Yeah. And in some nights, it might just be we each have two pours. I don't know. <laughs> we'll I mean, figure out the cadence. There's multiple of two. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can div- yeah. you can divide by two. I yeah, you can if you can divide the number of pours by two in a night. Then we're we're not going to have an odd number of pours. Let's just put we will certainly not have an odd number of pours. Um, but definitely having the number of pours that we have um, oh, tonight is so two, good. and it's good. It's so good. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to get better at describing. Well, see, the, the funny thing is. <clears throat> when we talked about the idea of having a podcast and, and, and around bourbon and talking about bourbon, <clears throat> one of the things, I mean, I'm in a, a, a bourbon Facebook group, <clears throat> Nashville Bourbon Barrel, shout out, trying to get a sponsorship here. Oh, anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but one of the posts, there was a guy who posted, and I, I felt exactly like this guy felt, and he's like, I love bourbon. I'm really, really bad at describing what the flavors taste like. Yeah. And like, I know like, okay, that's vanilla, that's... <laughs> Caramel, yeah, that's, you almost need to kind of like yummy. He's like, die. he's like, what the hell's what the hell's cooking or baking spices? I'm like, <laughs> um, it's a good question. So, so this yeah. is an experience. We're we're gonna get better at this. I mean, this yeah. is something that that I'm sure. excited about because I I do want to define you know refine my palate sure. and be able to pick. And of course, we've we've our, our palates have gotten better, and we've been able yeah. to like pick out better notes and pick and just yeah. what should I go ahead and tell them about. The Hancock. Oh, man, we're going to try Hancock. Because I have one I haven't opened, so we're going to have to wait. We do it. But, but one, of the, the, one, of my, one of the best experiences, one of the, the craziest stories is when we found what we described, that the nose on that Hancock after it's been on ice. Yeah, we'll, it's good stuff. It's good. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on, in a different, a different episode, but... Mm. It's good. It's good yeah, stuff. I'm trying to find, and I'd love to sort of. So I also like stories, um, and I like to write and and read stories. Yes. So I would love to be able to craft stories around the flavor profile because sometimes I can. Sometimes it, like one hits me, and it's almost kind of like, oh, that that flavor note is a story just yes. right there in itself. Yes. Hmm. I'm not sure which note I'm catching tonight from our story, but 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 <laughs> this one definitely has. Um, like I said I still I still catch. It's funny, like I get, you know, you'll hear the same word. People say the same word, you know, like a vanilla and caramel and leather and toffee and coffee yeah. and fruits and whatever, and it's the same thing. And you know, for me, um, I do I catch lots of those notes. It's fine. 
But I think what's more fun is that sometimes almost the, the, the taste itself brings back a memory. Yeah. Or it evokes a memory in some, of some kind. Right. Or if just, if it invokes a vision. Sometimes I had, I had one last week. Like, I mean, I had a pour and I was yeah, just kind of like, this is like. a vision, then you're doing like mushrooms. Yeah, right. Well, and it's a different kind of, you, different you, kind of bourbon. You, this is you THC laced kind of whatever mess. Place. Um, yeah, but it, yes, maybe, but at the same time, I do think that, yeah, occasionally it'll strike, it'll strike, you'll, I'll take, yeah. I'll take a pour, um, since we probably won't have it on, if it does, it's because someone was gracious to help us get it, but honestly, we, neither one of us have a bottle of Pappy, so we can talk about our Pappy pour, yeah. and that, that may be a good way to finish, um, to kind of talk about, this is, this was sort of the it's impetus, actually, it's really the impetus, it ties into the podcast, yeah, so, uh, again, Derek and I, we we do like to talk a lot, and we yes. are um, a, a good at telling stories, and we like to tell stories to each other and other people. And we certainly um, we were having a pour. We went to uh, yeah a little uh, a little, a, bar in little, little bar in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, Ob Joyful, shout out to Ob Joyful and Micah, oh, my buddy Micah, who helps helps uh, you know run the bar there. And makes a hell of an old fashioned. It makes a great old fashioned. So, um, but definitely that. Um, we went there on a Saturday just for fun yeah. and, and, and had really lunch. just kind of had lunch and just, just, we wouldn't have one or two pours. And that was where we made our choice to have a patty for the first time. Like, let's go. Let, you know what? Let's forget it. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of other people having it. And I haven't had it. I just have it. It shouldn't be a big deal. Yep. Um, so we had the patty 15. Yep. Um, I can't remember which year. Well, I, it might've been a 2019 version, but it may have been a 2018. I think, it was, I think I it was 18. I don't remember when their bottle was from, I but was, I think it was 18. We, yeah, it was 18 it was because 18. 19 was about a month from coming out. Yep. Um, so we had the 2018 Pappy, 15, and we sat there, and they had a, a lady working behind the bar who was talking to us a bunch, and, and she she was, I guess, a writer on the side. I don't know. She had a notebook, a journal. She was yeah, talking. It was funny. She was talking to us. Well, so she, she kept coming by and asking us. Right. She was, she's, she was, she was, she was new, new to bourbon. She was new to bourbon. Too. Yeah, she, was, she, she was, was new to bourbon. She was new to the bar world. Right. So she was kind of talking to people. I think she and, worked on another side of the business. Somehow. Right. She and came as in to we help. Were, as we were talking about the flavor of the bourbon, and we were describing the bourbon, She's number one. She opens up her notebook and starts taking like tasting notes. And as she listened to us, she said, "You guys should do a podcast." <laughs> yeah, which is funny. <laughs> she just liked listening to us so much. Yeah, and we were <laughs> like, "Well, I like talking, so I guess that's a good idea." But it, it, you know, more thought put into it. Long after that, of course, I had to buy equipment and do all this stuff. But more than that, we had to just think about: Do we want to do that? Is it worth our time to do it? And thought, you know, we're old. We need a hobby. So sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean. We couldn't afford we, we couldn't afford we building would, an outdoor garage to build as a workshop because we both like to mess with wood. Right. Um, but we could do this. I built a really cool bourbon barrel fire Ooh, table. Well, we amazing. could use we definitely once we eventually have a website, we can put pictures of that up on it. Yeah. And, uh, it's a good good centerpiece. Right. But normal. But but I think to your point is we would be normally sitting around doing this anyway. Now we just have microphones and we're, and we're recording. Yeah. Sure. So I mean, well, <laughs> if nothing else, we're recording for prosperity for ourselves. Right. If no one ever listens to it, so be it. Hopefully somebody will. But at the same time, we talked to this. So, anyways, we sat there. Let's. I'm going to re, re kind of capture a little bit of that. So we sat, um, and ha- and had you know the famed pour, the pappy yes, pour, the pappy pour. So, I'm going to go two sides on this. All right. So side one, um, I'm going to jump to the end and then come back to the come back through the pour. The very very end, walking away, said the same thing. I've had pours of light better. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, that's I, it. I now, granted, it was Pappy 15. I didn't have all the Pappies. I had Pappy 15, now, 2018. Now, to be fair, it was a really good pour. Oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. But 
Yes, we had both agreed that we had had better bourbon. Yeah, and, and that may that may just be our, you know, individually that may be our flavor profile. Yeah. Like that may just not hit every note for us. Right, it hit a lot of notes. It, it was good. It was, you could tell it. You could tell the, the quality behind it. It was not a cheap bourbon. No, you could tell it that the mouthfeel, uh, the overall flavor profile. It was sure. a very very elegant bourbon. Yeah, yeah. and if, it, if I could buy it for one hundred twenty hundred fifty dollars a bottle, I would. Yes, in a heartbeat. Which is Every time. the same thing everybody says. It's in the but I'm not bourbon. spending two thousand dollars at all. Yeah, that's, no, it, that's not you know the the whole thing that is the the crazy world of bourbon today makes it insanity. But um, you know, for the price point it was, for the time that it was, um, yeah. it was absolutely fantastic. It and and it was definitely start to finish, it was a bourbon that I enjoyed. Yeah, that's it. That, that was it. Um, now that said, it had some really, really good notes in it. Oh, yes. So, and, and then as we finished, the finish. we the sat finish around. Was probably the best part of the book. Yeah, was we, we, finished, <laughs> we finished and we sat and nosed the empty glass for probably 30 minutes. Yeah, it was a while. And that alone. Um, so, again, so this is where it took me. So, basically, this is one of those bourbons where the port itself was able to transport me to a different place in time. Yeah. Right. So, I, I have the same. Derek and I, we had two different stories, but similar stories. Yeah. Having grown up in Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know, good old Kentucky boys. So, we have both history around horses and stables and tack yep. and leather and all, all of these things. I didn't grow up on a farm. I was not quite a city boy, but almost a city boy. Yeah, you were in the city limits. Yeah, I was in city limits for sure. And But I had grandparents and great grandparents that owned farms. Um, yep. And, and they grew, you know, my grandmother grew up on a farm, raised food on the farm, sold it at the market, you know. My great-grandparents had a farmhouse they built with their own hands in around 1920, right? And yep. they still, we still have that, we still have that land in the family. And um, there was an old barn. There was a barn that when we tore it down, we found out after we tore it down, unfortunately, that, that from someone who has a woodworking heart, that the wood from that barn was pre-Civil War. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, so we, we sold it. We basically had someone at cost. They just tore the barn down, and we let them, for the cost of doing it, take the wood. So we knew them. They were friends of the family, so it wasn't like a horrible thing. But at the same time, as a woodworker, I'm like, could I not just save, I don't know, like 40 Four, board feet maybe? Yeah. Something to make a table out of, a something bookshelf, something for the family. Heirloom oh, for the family. Yeah, something. right, something, something fun. Um, but for me, that pour transported me back in time to walking through my great-grandparents' barn, yeah. to walking through that old pre-Civil War barn and smelling the hay on the floor mm-hmm. and the leather tack, you know, hanging in the in the rafters, and then um, and, and then when we were there, it wasn't a working barn. We had, we did. I think when I was very little, we still had horses in it, but yeah. for, it was very soon after that they went away. Like the horses went, nobody was doing farming, nobody was doing anything anymore out there. It was just an old barn. But for me, walking through the old barn, that old wood, there's still like sort of the remnants of like the leather and wood and just. And Absolutely. tobacco has been around the farm on and off throughout the years. And when you take all that together, it just transports me back to sitting in a Kentucky barn in the yeah. summer. And that's what it yeah. felt like to me. Yeah. And, and it, it took me to the exact, exact same place. I mean, my, and I, I grew up with, a, I guess, more, a more working knowledge of yeah. horses. Because active, my, yeah, active, active knowledge yeah, of, yeah. of horses because my grandfather had horses. He had a quarter horse and he had an Appaloosa. And, well, he had two quarter horses in Appaloosa. And my aunt used to barrel race. And so I grew up cleaning out stalls. I grew up grooming horses. Mm-hmm. I was around, I rode horses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was around it every day. I mean, it was, you know, something I was, you know, really fond of. And that took me back. It, 
it took me back to that place, but more than anything, it just reminded me of my grandfather. Like I got that image of being with my granddad mm. and it was just, it, yeah, it took me back to my childhood. Yeah. And I mean, he practically raised me. So, uh, it was, it was a really, really cool experience. Um, because, and, and that's one of the, one of the reasons we love bourbon so much is because it just transports you to different places. Yeah. And it's the, the, the shared experience. Sure. You know, I mean, because we, as friends, were able to sit there and have a shared experience, and, it, and both experiencing sort of the same thing, and talking to each other yeah. about it, and just sharing and, that, and sharing stories, and, share share the stories, stories right? and it's, and in that case, we were sharing stories with not just ourselves, but each with, other, but with the bar, with, with, with the, the barkeeps bar and whoever, and, and, and then yeah. and they thought they were great. They were like, "Those are great stories. Those are really fun. Yeah. That's really neat." Um, and at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, it's about experience. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I mean, that was. You know, and that's that's something that, and I think we, we and others, right now, there's it, times are changing, right? Like, um, but I, I think we, I mean, and we'll see. You know, things do change, but I, I do think I'm watching sort of the change happening in, in the climate and the culture and the people, and um, we may be one of the last generations that really has sort of a, a deep heritage um, yeah. of of tied to a place and a land. And a people like you kind of, you know your family, you know your grandfather, your great grandparents, yep. maybe even your great great parents, and some and some. I know people who knew their great great grandparents. So um, it doesn't happen often because yep. I mean, multiple things are changing, right? So that that happens. Um, birth rates are ages are getting higher. Right. People are having I mean, babies pe- later. Right. Exactly. So that's one thing. And two, um, you know, with, with the boom and rise of metropolitan areas, right? You have more people moving towards cities to get jobs, and, and it's yeah. kind of changing the landscape of America. Farming is not as big of a of a of an industry in America today as it was when we were kids. Right. Um, certainly, and when when our parents were kids, for sure. And so, when you look at all of that, it means that. Um, you know, not a lot of people have the same kind of background here. And granted, yeah, there's people, people listening. Like, My parents have a farm. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, um, it certainly is changing. I, I know like if you have moved or do live somewhere near a metropolitan area, it's really hard to probably have a connection to that. You probably didn't grow up there. If you did, you probably didn't grow right. up exactly there. You probably grew up a little farther out of town in a small town somewhere. Yeah. Um, I know here in Tennessee, I know people that live on farms. Just, you know, we got well, a whole, we have a whole horse thing here in Tennessee too, right? We got to lots of fair, horses. Tennessee is pretty rural. I mean, it is. There's a lot of rural, rural areas. There's a lot of rural areas in, in, in everywhere. You know, yeah. I've traveled a lot in my life, and 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 certainly you see people who do have long history with with their locations and places and, and times. Um, but I've thought a lot about that. Is that yeah. like I go back and kind of tie that to my grandparents building. The, the, the day of the homestead is kind of passing, is my point. Yes. And it has. It really has yeah. passed. I mean, even people who have a long well, history to an area, people are like, hey, I grew up in the Bronx, and then 45, you know, my, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. Yeah, I get it. I yeah. get it. But it's not the same thing as being tied to a homestead. Right. You know, my great-grandparents built their own farm from the ground up. Um, it was they and their family and, and friends and other help they may have hired. They would hire seasonal help as they came through. People People used to just drive through and pass, and they go from region to region as, as seasonal help. People still do that today. Yeah. But at the time, it was the only way that a lot of these small rural farms would get, even be able to stay alive. Um, but but that said, um, a lot of flavors coming out of Kentucky, I'm telling I'll you. I'll tell you what, man. It's, um, uh, if you haven't, it's I have, so I do have a story. I've got a good friend of mine. That we went to, uh, we had to go to Indianapolis. So we were driving some friends to Indianapolis, and th- this is a good buddy of mine who grew up 
um, kind of a, a rough, rough and tumble bruiser guy. Um, I'm not gonna say his name, uh, but but Derek, Derek knows who he is. So he's a rough and tumble bruiser guy. Uh, he was stationed. He was in the Navy. He was stationed. He's got tats on him. It's, it's a funny. He's not this kind of guy today. But but I knew him in his early, like mid late twenties, um, and he was definitely was like the tinge of it was still on him like at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he traveled around. He was a military kid, uh, and, and then he was in the military, and he traveled around, and, you know, he had tats, big Popeye forearms, and kind of just, but he was sort of a short squat guy, but just a big, kind of just, he had a tough, uh, you know, air about him, I guess is the way to say it, uh, which is funny, because he's a school teacher today, and he's fantastic. <laughs> and he's a, he's a wonderful man. He's great. Yep. Um, and, uh, but we were driving, and this he's is a, a guy. gentle giant. Yeah, but this is a guy who has uh, smoked on and off throughout his life. He's done dip on and off through his life. His wife, his all, you know, they've both been around tobacco most of their life. Yeah. And we were driving to Indianapolis. So we, we, this is from Nashville, from Nashville. So we're traveling through all of Kentucky, you know, a quarter or a third of Indiana, yeah, right? Yeah. Which, and so as we're driving through, he looks over and he's like, what the hell is that? What are they growing over there? What is that? And I was like, it's tobacco. And he was like, what? That's what tobacco looks like? And I go, yes. Yeah. Have you never seen tobacco? I was like, how could you live in Nashville and never seen tobacco? But he was like, I've never seen it. You know, he's in his 30s. He was like, I've never seen tobacco. And, uh, and I know for Derek and I, this is the funny thing is, is if you grew up in this region, especially Kentucky, um, and in North Carolina, West, West Virginia, nobody, we, we other, kept Kentucky and capitalized. Other than the illegal cash crops, <laughs> tobacco other was than the Kentucky, number one illegal cash crop. Right. Tobacco <laughs> is the number one cash crop in Kentucky. Yeah. Or at least it was when we were growing yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. We growing were, up, the number one illegal cash crop. So there were, super, two, there were two things. There were two things in Western Kentucky that you, that you saw on a daily basis. You saw tobacco fields. Mm-hmm. You saw coal trucks. Yep. Because yeah, we grew up in coal country. So coal Derek, country. Derek and I grew up in a town, a very small town called Madisville, Kentucky. That was founded by coal companies. Yes, yeah, that's um, that's really what it was. It was yeah. a coal company town. Um, it was a coal miner town. I had friends that their dads were coal miners. My, my dad um, was a coal miner. Yeah, Derek's dad was a coal miner. So we absolutely um, are tied to coal. Yeah, you know coal, coal in Kentucky, and we have tobacco in Kentucky. Um, we're not in Kentucky now. We're still we're talking about Kentucky a lot because it's a bourbon show. But right, we, and our hearts are still in Kentucky. Yeah, our hearts are still. I live in Tennessee, Kentucky. but. Uh, yeah, I can't stand the color orange. So just gonna throw so, that out there. Uh, so well, yeah, we don't talk. We don't talk sports. We don't talk politics. But we definitely are. Um, you know, we have our preferences. So, uh, <laughs> so that said, my buddy, I just it, this story has always cracked me up because this is a guy who I would have expected, and he just said, "I know." He goes, "What the hell is that? That's tobacco." And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Well, wait till you see it." And then you know, you see the same thing kind of happens too. Another, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who've had this sort of experience or talked about this experience of the driving through and see a barn that they think is on fire. Right. And yeah. I, and it happened honestly a lot when we were, you would hear stories about it all the time where someone was stopped, the cops are called because yeah. they said the barn's on the barn's fire. barn's on fire. The barn's on fire. The barn's on fire. No, well, no, no, nope. if you're there during curing season, right? So those who don't know what tobacco, how tobacco works, but, um, after they pull the harvest and they pull it in, they hang it, they, they hang, they hang in it barn. in barns and they cure it. And they, they, they yeah. use a small the fires the smoke from the fire. It's like a smokehouse with meat almost. But that's it's, exactly it's, right, but, but it's, it's just tobacco. It's with tobacco. So that's how they do it, how they dry it. They cure it with smoke, um, and that's part of the process. So that was part of our childhood, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And a part of our childhood that is funny, I thought the other day, do you remember seeing oil rigs in Kentucky when we were yeah, kids? I had one in my, uh, like in the field in front of my house. Yeah, that's right. An oil derrick, which I always thought An was cool Derek. because uh, my name is Derek. Derek. So funny, funny. Yeah, there was one uh, There was one in front of the field in, in, on J.D. Yeah. Buchanan Road. You don't there. see them much anymore, yeah. but... It's still there. I was the last time I was in town. It was still I, there. I very rarely see them moving anymore, but they still are there. 
I mean, but it makes sense. I mean, the whole kind of what's happening to the fracking, if you think about yeah. it, like it's the whole Kentucky is full of coal, right? Yes. It's a lot of coal underground. There's a lot of underground mining and strip mining that's happening in Kentucky over the years. And uh, where there's coal, there's usually oil or some form of it. Um, yeah. It just depends. So, all right. Do we have any stories to wrap up? Um, I'm not done with my poor. <laughs> No, man, I think mm. I'm, I think I'm, it's just, yeah. Uh, if I sit here any longer, I'm going to want another pour, but I can't do that because it's a school It's getting night. late on a school it's, night. It's getting late on a oh, school night. Oh, we're parents. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, but I, I, I mean, I, I will say I'm excited about the podcast. I'm excited about uh, being able to talk about this stuff. I'm excited about sharing stories that we have. Yeah. Um, because it's something we've been thinking about doing for a while, and it's... it's, it's It'll be funnier, I promise. Well, <laughs> Yeah. When we get rolling, we'll kick each other's stories off, and then usually we kind of descend into madness. Um, yeah, which is fun. It's it's fun. It's yeah. But if you do nothing else, um, you know, we will kind of come with a format. So if you're still listening, you're probably not. But probably if you're still not. listening, I don't think there's anybody. Listening no one's listen. No one will ever listen to this podcast. No. No, at least this specific instance of it. This first one, <laughs> not a single person will ever listen. To it. Yeah, it just it'll just us listening to it for, to make sure the mics are right. Right. Do we have the gains? Is the gain up? Which is fine. The, the levels. Nice. Um, Can you hear me? But absolutely, we need to, we need to finish with a good story. When we say, "Oh, the best story is on the end of the." Like, I wish I had a good story to finish with tonight. Oh yeah, I've got to figure that out. Um, yeah, I'm but kinda, I, I'm kind of you kind of put, put us on the spot here. I'm like, I know. Oh, shit, I gotta think of something well, funny. It was just funny because it didn't happen. We usually <laughs> just come with stories right and left, but that's okay. <laughs> so, um, you know what? We have a story. Oh God, which one? Um. So it's always fun. We have to be careful how we tell stories because well, we that, know we know a lot of people. We have to be careful how we. Well, th- that's the thing. We have we, to. We <laughs> we can tell. I hear we have a story. I wasn't. So I am going to tell a story that I wasn't even present for. This is kind of how we had this collective experience as a family um, of friends. Because oh, it, does it involve my brother? I don't remember if he was there or not. Okay, good. So. There's plenty of Eric stories. I'm going to finish this with a story. I guess we have to figure out, is this, uh, what, what like mature rating is this podcast going to be? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be um, super R. Okay, cool. <laughs> then, then we have plenty of stories yeah. we can tell. Oh, we got lots of stories. Because, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're drinking, it's a plus 21 beverage. All right. And we're talking about bourbon. And we're adults. Yeah. And I'm too fucking old to care about this shit anymore, so... I'm yeah. going to say, I'm going to use language. I'll try to be good. I'll be a good podcast host. I'll try to host in a way that we don't talk. I don't like cussing for two hours. That makes no sense. I don't want to have a two hour podcast every time. This one's going to be an hour, but anyway, story time, finishing with a single story, just a little glimpse into the history that was, um, our childhood. We grew up in a small town, yes. 20,000, 20, maybe 25,000 in cap. I think there's, there's sub, they're like right around 20,000 today, but with the time we were go- kids, probably yeah, 20 to 22,000. Yeah. Yeah, so small. Again, rural. A lot of farming communities right outside, yeah. right around us, circling us. It's one of those places that, like, there's the city limits, and then everybody that lives in the county. Yeah, that's and, right. And, and we, and I lived in the county. I didn't live in yeah, the city. Yeah, for sure. I guess I did. You technically lived. Not far away from me was annex. Was not annex. So I mean, I guess within. But you're talking about a really small town. So like, even it's if you're so in, small. If you're in the center of the city, you could drive five, five minutes five away minutes and, and you're out, out of town. Right. So it's, but it was un- but it was a very unusual town. So I'm going to get a little more backstory. A very unusual town from a perspective of being so small, you would think they wouldn't have amenities. But 
again, we were built on coal mining. And we were, you know, the town itself is over 200 years old today, I think. I think it yeah. was started. Um, it's the happiest place on earth, by the way. Late 1700s. So the, the town is, yeah, the that's, Madison, that's Kentucky. That's their slogan. Best place on earth. Best place on earth. Um, so yeah, disagree. <laughs> Choose to disagree. There, there's a reason we don't live there anymore. Yeah, don't live there anymore. Uh, besides the fact, don't have a job. I don't want to live there anymore. But uh, not to say, but not to say, it wasn't a good childhood. Good place to to great. grow up. It was fine. Um, okay. And I and I didn't have any problem with it being there when I was there. So, but small town hijinks as they are. We had one high school at the time. There was another high school in the county. Nobody went there. They did, but they lived way. <laughs> you had to be all the way at the bottom of the county. It's not the same today. There's other high schools there. But when we were kids, they only had really one high school. Yep. Uh, the new high school, the the previous middle school that we both attended, was the high school. Derek attended my, for one my, year. My grandparents went to high school. There. Yeah, my dad and others. Yeah, my my mom, my grandmother may have too, honestly. But I know my dad went to high school there. It was the previous high school before yep. it was a middle school. So again, a small town, a rural rural-ish small town. We were a county seat, which made us a little different. We had a county courthouse. Um, we did have a mall. We had a theater. We had a few restaurants, not great ones, but a few restaurants. We had some local places. Uh, we had a hospital and a yep. clinic. Um, and, and again, and in a very weird, unusual kind of way, there was like this upper crust of money in the town. And part of that, again, goes back to coal mining. coal mining, right? We went to school with a good buddy of ours whose dad... And family had owned coal mines, right? And yep. and I've known other people do, and um, and those people were usually wealthy. But because of that, also it also brought a lot of influx. And because it had been a wealthier-ish kind of town, and it was a county seat, it brought um, industry there in the seventies, sixties, seventies, and eighties, in the form of uh, in, you know factories. So yeah, they the had a G- few fa- the GE plant. Yeah, there. the GE plant was there for Aircraft, a good a good time. Aircraft engine is still there. Um, I, a lot of my family works there. Yeah. So that, so that in and of itself created this, this sort of weird sort of anomalous kind of thing that, um, not all small towns had. Um, but that said, still a small town, still small town hijinks. Uh, my, my, my dad grew up there. So I, I, you know, had a long history. My grandmother lived there, whatever. So Derek and I had friends, a good circle of friends. We had a really, we had a, we had a cool high school experience from our friend group. We had a good friend yeah. group. It was large. We had, again, my wife was a part of that friend group and we had a lot of other good friends. Derek's brother was a part of that friend group because, yep. uh, you know, we were all kind of, uh, a lot of us were, there was a good portion of us that were in band and there was a good portion of us that weren't in band, but there was a good portion of us that had been around music or were around people who were around music. And somehow it grew into this large, like 10, 12, 15 person kind of very tight circle of people. Yeah. And so, so anyway, I was a little sheltered as a child. Um, I did do fun stuff. I had, I did do fun stuff, but I was definitely a white knight paladin kind of guy. I didn't, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do drugs, didn't, did nothing bad. And I didn't stay out late. I was kind of under a tight leash, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. Me too. No, oh, Derek okay, was not. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, I, I not and not all of our friends were for sure. <laughs> so, so, anyways, good story. Um, we have a we have a group of guys. I was set paint the picture. We have a group of guys who occasionally, I don't know that I ever got to go with my best friends to do this, but occasionally go out and do the rowdy things that teenage boys do, and maybe like toilet paper a house, right? Oh, um, are you telling that story? Yes, it's fun. No names this time. I, I was there. Derek, Derek was there. <laughs> so I'm going to tell from the third person perspective, and like the outside point of view, and then I'll let Derek finish it up, close it in. So, um, so our friends who are, are one of our buddies has again. We grew up. Um, we graduated in '94, so that puts her age. You yeah. know where you want to figure it out. Figure it out. I don't care. Um, fucking figure it out. 
thanks, Leonard Kenny, for that fantastic Leonard Kenny. Um But anyways, so early nineties, yeah. right? Mid, yeah, early nineties. So uh, one this of our probably buddies, probably ninety three. Yeah, probably ninety. Yeah, probably ninety three. Our buddy had a had a Thunderbird, a Ford Thunderbird, Thunderbird. which is a two door vehicle. Yes, mind you, it has a back seat very small, limited space, not a lot of cargo, giant trunk. Yes, because it was a car built out of the eighties design. Long, big space. So they're uh, they're trucking out to go do some TPN. Yep. How many of you were there? Well, so there were seven total. Seven total people. We had three people in the front, three people (laughs) in the back seat, and one person in the trunk. With a toilet paper. With a toilet paper. That person, I'm not going to name any names, his father was a state trooper. (laughs) Let's just go throw that out there. Yeah. So our buddy, one of our best buddies, his father was one of our state troopers. So... They're trucking down the road. Yep. And we, we get to the neighborhood. They get to the neighborhood. So apparently, so we did not realize that there somebody in the neighborhood had called the police yeah. because there was a, there was an already a suspicious vehicle in the area. So they thought somebody was breaking in or Perfect. whatever. So picture so we're all, you know, seventeen years Ish. old. Yeah, 16, 16, 17, 17 yeah. years old. We're all wearing either black or camouflage <laughs> with like bandanas over our This heads. is how you get shot today, people. Yes. Um in the neighborhood, going to the toilet paper of this house, and a cop pulls up behind us and turns his lights on, <laughs> and so we get pulled over, and we're like, uh, "This is not good, guys." So and the so, whole time, so the whole time, the guy's in the trunk, and we're yelling at him and say, "Hey, so and so, I'm not going to use his name. Be quiet. Be quiet. We're getting pulled over by the police." And he's like, <laughs> "Shut up. No, you're you're kidding. That's not happening. That's not happening." Like, yeah, man, just be quiet. Don't say a word. So he he's he's getting ready because there's a latch on the inside of the trunk where he can actually open the trunk. He was he grabbed the latch and was getting ready to open the trunk to get out and thank God the police hit their siren because he's like, Oh shit. So he didn't get out. And so the the cops comes over and they look at us and they're like, what are you guys doing? And of course we all start speaking at the same time and all tell different stories. Of course, because they're teenagers. Right. And we're like, we're going to so-and-so's house. You know, do you know him? He lives over here on Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> oh, my God. It, and, and it was it was pretty uh, – I'm surprised we didn't go to jail. I'm surprised they didn't get us out of the car. I'm really surprised they didn't get you out of the car. They didn't get us out of the car at all. Yeah. I'm really – knowing our friend who was in the trunk, I'm really surprised things did not go off the rails, to be like, to be quite blunt. Even though his dad's a state trooper. He – He's a he's a unique person. He's a unique person. Even Very still unique. to this day, we love him to death. He's a unique person. But definitely, I'm really surprised things did not go off the rails. Yeah. Um, but they lived. They made it through. They we didn't get arrested. They didn't get arrested. Um, <laughs> the, cop, the cop looked at one of our friends and said, have you been drinking tonight? <laughs> Your eyes are mighty red, boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fantastic. Was, I can't believe it didn't get, I, seriously, I don't know why we didn't go to jail. Which a different time, a different, so again, I, again, this, this is how we get started. Story to a story to a story. Yeah. Oh, so are you going to talk, talk about the Chinese fire drill that we did? No, but we so, can. Right, I got so, a different story. So we pull up, so you, you guys have heard of a Chinese fire drill, right? Yeah. Said definitely not politically correct today to be calling it right. Chinese fire drill. But it's that's new. what we called it when we were kids. And I certainly, right. absolutely no disrespect, so, don't want to say it in a no, bad no, no, way. No, 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 not at all. But just stating this is how we knew it as a children. I right. haven't I haven't done this in forever. So Whatever you call today, I don't even know. You pull up at a stoplight and you open the doors, get out of the car, you run around the car, you switch seats, and then you know you go. So we did it with two vehicles. We had a vehicle following us, so we pulled up <laughs> at the light. We were like we, we opened the doors. Everybody's running around, getting into different cars and trucks and everything. And then we get back in the car. The light turns green. We go through the intersection, and on the other side of the intersection, not one, 
but two police officers were sitting on the other side of the perfect watching us do this the whole time. So they did pull us over, and there were citations involved, and it yeah. was very straight. Anyway, go ahead. What's which is surprising, honestly. I mean, if you think about it, like really, that's one of those areas in which is isn't it dependent upon what, how rowdy it was, but or if it disturbed traffic or flows or whatever. You it have was, to wonder. It if was like, like at eleven o'clock at night. I know that's where you have to wonder. Like, this is when you small town cops like just go talk to the guys and have a good time. Let them. You know they're teenagers having a good fun. Yeah. Right. Just tell them. Tell them. Say, guys, come on. It's dangerous. Don't do it. And then let them have a good time and say, be careful. Go home. Right. Whatever. Right. So if you're a small town cop, be a part of the community. Be nice to your guys. Be nice to the kids. Don't right? be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be. That's that's one dick. of our models. Number one rules: don't be a dick. That's one of our models of life. Don't be. So dick. in the same framing as that, only because it made me think of a story that. Um, so I, I have a collection of stories that are all experiences and I have a collection of stories that my dad was a storyteller. And so I have a collection of stories that are also his stories in a very similar kind of, uh, te- boys in cars. Um, my dad was a car guy. What was a car nut? And we can, I definitely have stories like that for years uh, down the road, but he was on a trip, a bunch of guys left college to go down to spring break, right? To run from Kentucky down, I don't know where they were going, prob- probably Panama City Beach. That's where half of Kentucky goes for spring breaks right. when you're a teenager. And they're on their way. They left after classes um, late, like 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night to go to Panama City Beach. So this, but again, remember, this is a whole other era. This is a way different era. Dad um, and his friends, you know, Dad was born in 46, so he would have been, this would have been, mid to late 60s, right? 65, six, probably 64 to 65, maybe, maybe a little earlier than that, he was 63. So group of guys traveling south, um, running through rural, you know, everything was rural in 1963 and 64, right? Yeah. In, in the southern states. If you weren't in a big city, it's all rural, right? There are only like four big cities, so it was all rural. Right. Um, so they're running south uh, late at night, middle of the night, and like two or three in the morning, they get pulled over by a um, a local local you know pull boy you know pulling over guys who are driving through a town late at night. <clears throat> you know, a good old local boy cop in the middle of nowhere. Um, probably if I had to guess Alabama, just noting on the routes down south from here. I think it was Alabama, not Georgia. It doesn't matter. It's not calling out a state. It just, the state doesn't matter, honestly. But it was a. It's the deep south. It's the deep south. So they get him a good old boy cop. In the 60s. In the 60s. Yeah, I can. Car full of guys, middle of night. And um, he basically just tells them, <laughs> you know, where are you boys going? You know, what you doing? What you doing out here? Like, why are you driving down so late? Through, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, they're like, well, we're going down to, you know, Florida. We're going down to spring break, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, you're not. You're not driving this late on my roads. And he was like, he's like, you guys going to go over there and spend a night in that hotel or I'm going to put you in jail. <laughs> so, so did he own the hotel? I don't know. This is where you have to question, like, what's happening. Um, so, so they do. So they like, well, we don't want to go to jail. Like, he didn't give an option. He was like, go spend the night in the hotel or go to jail. I'm going to take you to jail. And so, car full of guys, they go rent a room. They're like, we just need a room. I don't care any bit. Doesn't matter. We're just going to sit there. So literally, they rent a room and they just sat in the room for two hours until they thought the coast would be clear. And they jump back in the car, didn't even check out, jump back in the car and ran to Florida. And so, I mean, so, so definitely one of those things where you kind of look back at childhood and you think, how, how do things even happen? So I, I, how do you get through it? So I, 
and I'm, I'm not going to share it on the air, but I have ex- my own personal experience this week. I have, I have a situation going on with my kid as a teenage boy, did something stupid. doesn't matter what it was. It, yeah. it um, bottom line is that, um, I had an epiphany this year, this week and we can close with this is, and I, we can talk about this, um, in depth if we need to some other time, but I think my epiphany was the fact that we have adult males is proof of um, divine intervention. Because I don't think many of us would have made it to adulthood without some form of it. Oh, good Lord, no. I, and I look at that and I just think, and, and I, everybody, every one of my friends, every guy I've ever talked to my entire life, women do silly and stupid shit too. Little girls do stupid stuff. Granted, they yeah. tend to do stupid stuff in the realm of relationships oh, and other right. people and right. things that are going on. Now, granted, I've known some tomboy girls and some other, yeah, but, but do stupid, but, but, granted, they but, do stupid stuff. Generally, but the male species tends I, to try to kill themselves. Having raised two boys <laughs> and having been a young boy and having I've other not, friends that were guys. I survived college. I don't know how. Yeah, My college, my high school was definitely like, I would say 12 through 17 or 18 for me, for sure. I look at that and I think there are moments, I just like snippets of moments, like how did... Without divine intervention, I don't think I made it. Yeah, I mean, so there, th- there had to be some something chose to have there, me be alive today. There were times when I woke up in my bed, not knowing how I got there. Oh my gosh! And like, oh, thank God I'm home. I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah, it, it's it, it, stupid things were stupid done. Stupid things were done. Yeah, all all boys do stupid. All people do stupid stuff. But so for some reason, and having raised boys, and I talk to people who raise girls, and I'm like. Oh yeah, that's a, you have a whole other level of trauma to deal with. You have a, like a middle school, high school situation to go on. Like Derek's got to coming up here soon. Oh god, don't, don't remind <laughs> me. Thanks. Thanks. That's so, for that's why we that, that's another port. Right. So, but having I'm, I've I got two almost done. Where I've got I've got one that's eighteen and one that's almost sixteen, and we're nearing the end of high school. And all I know is that um, both of them, I'm surprised, have made it. <laughs> One for sure. The other one, I was one, kind of surprised. One for sure. <laughs> but, but certainly, I, I just look back and I think, how on earth um, do boys make it? So, so all right. So that's that's a cap. Yeah. Um, so that this has been the inaugural first edition. This has been the train wreck that is the, the train wreck that is the the zero episode zero episode yeah. of two fours so, slash whatever we decide to call this. Yeah, thing. it may change. Um, and I don't know that we'll publish before we have a new name, but it doesn't matter. So thanks for listening. If yeah, you did, yeah. and with nothing else, we're gonna have a fun time talking to each other, we're just hanging out and recording. And all I can say is go out and have a pour. Yeah. So enjoy a good pour. I can recommend Whip for Double Oak if you've never had it. It is certainly it's a rich one for the books. It will we didn't talk enough about it, probably, but that's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. So thank you, everyone. All right. Um, thanks for listening. Good night. It's been two pours. Two pours. Good night. Good night.